Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. This is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily, where with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. We tried to offer you a service, certainly if you're a City uh, or um, Chelsea fan heading to the Champions League final. We got Simon Calderon, Mr. Travel, and indeed a City fan um, who is hoping to be there at the game. Uh, we also spoke to Mark Bircham, who previously the QPR and uh, and former Millwall defender, sorry, midfielder. Um, we talked to him about his move to Waterford in yeah. the southeast of Ireland. I reviewed some restaurants for him. You did, you helped him out. And what else did we... Oh, yes, Matt Ford joined us, comedian, Forest fan. He was on good form as well. And the birthday spread. Absolutely right. Now, quite a bumper one for you this afternoon, so enjoy. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. Good mm. afternoon, everybody. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, after all this season, you know, yeah. that game last night, you suddenly look at the table and think Arsenal could finish above Tottenham. They could. This season. Are you, I mean, I don't know how you feel necessarily about bragging rights. You don't seem to be a bragger, generally. No, I'm, I'm a big... I've always been a big believer in football karma because one minute you're bragging, the next minute they're going, ah. Exactly. Because you bragged. I mean, so it's probably... I'm, I'm never keen. With, with Arsenal Spurs, it's not really the next minute. Spurs fans yeah, are doing that. I mean, neither of us have covered ourselves in glory. No. So it'll be a hollow victory forever. Does finish <laughs> above the right. other, really? But I really enjoyed. Well, last night, what is it with Chelsea and Arsenal? They've got a real thing with them, haven't they? I mean, I did say to you yesterday. We talked, didn't we, about the game, and we talked about the side that Chelsea were likely to put out. And as I said to you, I don't think they're going to make too many changes because they still want to nail on top four, and they probably still are in the box seat. Mm-hmm. But man, they've made it a bit harder for themselves yeah. than they needed to after still, last night. They've got a good squad. I mean, they deserved to win that game, didn't they? Arsenal well, defended the well. They did, they they did, did defend, defend well. very well. They rode their luck. They took their chance. I really enjoyed... Um, I listened to somebody, I can't remember where, um, and uh, but saying, questioning Kepa's positioning for the goal oh, seems, a bit, <laughs> seems a bit harsh, I know Chelsea fans aren't keen on him, but that does seem a bit much. Sure, do you imagine, Jorginho's normally better at keeping the ball than that. You think, I'm probably yeah. safe here. A no-look oh. pass back to your goalkeeper <laughs> is just not a great idea, is no, it? it you isn't. Know? He gave his goalkeeper the eyes. That's never that's never a particularly good. Yeah, it's idea. a great shame that he didn't catch it because then there would have been an indirect free kick. Um, I think on the six yard box. I think you can't be any closer than the six yard box, no. the edge of it. But that would be a great place, which is great to see how many limbs, how many how many draft excluders do you need when there's an indirect free kick <laughs> on the edge of the six yard box. Um, uh, Sid Lowe tweeted just now. Oh, yeah. um, uh, the the Champions League obviously is going to be in Porto. We're talking to Simon Cord about how to get there. Mm. Things that explain this season, part three hundred twenty seven. Chelsea couldn't go to Porto to play Porto, mm. but do now go to Porto to play the final against someone else. Yes. That's what's happened this season. I'll explain mm. sort of how odd this season I mean, is. To be fair, the rules have changed they subsequently. Have. They've only just changed in Portugal. They've only let. They've only agreed to let ten percent of the crowd into games. At the final fixtures. Um, Jim White from The Telegraph was writing uh, today about, in some ways, although it's it's ag and it's going to be expensive, um, if you're a Chelsea and City fan, it does feel a bit more exotic that it's going to be overseas, that you're actually getting on a plane, you're going to a foreign country and you can sit and have an Estrella in the sun somewhere or, yes. or a, a, a super bock, should I say, because they're not in Spain, are they? But you know what I mean. You can go and have a beer. Do you only yourself. drink the beer of the country when well, you're I in t- the country? I tell you, I, t- I do, yeah. I, if, I, if I can, okay, if I good. can, okay. I, will, uh, I will do something like that. But Because it does feel like then it feels a bit more exotic. If you play at Wembley, it could be anything, couldn't it, really? It wouldn't be quite the uh, same. Uh, yeah, especially because they had that semi-final they weren't fans were there fans there I forget when fans were allowed in were there ones at the semi-final I can't remember I can't remember um, but Jim, yes I do agree with you yeah. I Jim do. I also said uh, today that um, he was talking about corporate fans because
players you will encounter uh, if Chelsea and City fans, of course, if you're going to the final next week, quite a lot of corporate fans. And he talks about these kind of crocodiles of people, someone holding up a banner from a well-known blue chip company or Champions League sponsor. And there's a sort of crocodile of very sort of casually dressed people, most of them not in football shirts or wearing any colours, walking behind them being taken to their prime seats in the stadium. Uh, Jim said about 10 years ago, um, he got chatting to someone at a game before he took his seat in the press box. And um, the person said, I don't really like football. I only just really just come for these big occasions for work. He said, I've so been to six football matches in my life, <laughs> four Champions League finals and two World Cup finals. Wow. Can no, anyone beat that? Is anyone listening going, actually, I've only done... What? You imagine, can't beat we it, We get quite you? a lot of sports and football journalists <laughs> listening to this. I think most of them could beat that. No, but no, but in terms of literally only oh, going only to going absolute to top tier. Okay. Is if, mad, if you've been it? to very few football matches, but they tend to be quite memorable, you can let us know. But the real reason we wanted you to get in touch today was to tell us about these conversations with corporate fans, people clearly there because it's a jolly. Mm. I mean, you might be the same. You might be a football fan. You don't like cricket. You don't like rugby. And someone says, go on, come to Twickenham. Have a few beers. You'll get to see a game. It's sport. You like sport. And you think, yeah, I don't really like rugby, but I'll go, or I don't like cricket. And you go along. And there's people around you. Kill for these tickets. And they absolutely love the game. And they start to indulge you in conversations about the quality, the breakdown of the England team. You're saying, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. And it enrages yeah, absolutely. I went to the World Cup final in 94. I was on a bit of a corporate jolly as well. Okay, you're one came, of those. You? Well, it, this, the ticket I had came courtesy of a friend I had at Adidas at the time. So they're still paying out for them. They're yeah. going to mention. But we were sur surrounded by a lot of Brazilian fans who I think were from Gillette. And there was an American couple, um, guy in his sort of early 30s with very nice people, just got having a conversation with them in, in the stadium in Pasadena. And this was their first ever football match. Never been to a game before. Didn't really understand uh, the rules, as they put it, or the laws. And they often did turn around and say, why did that happen? What's going on there? So I got quite a lot of that. And they looked very bored. And it was before the time you could really spend... I mean, she definitely would have spent all of her time on her phone <laughs> had phones been a thing then. And uh, about 15 minutes before the end of 90 minutes, because remember, this final Italy... Went all Brazil, the way, didn't it? Went all the way. It was one for, it was one for the <laughs> defensive purists. It wasn't yeah. a great one to go to if you'd never been to I one. only go to a Rigo Saki games. That couple, yeah. they probably still walk around and say, we went to one game of soccer <laughs> once, and it was garbage. There was no goals. They just kept playing. But they left 15 minutes before the end this guy stood up I thought he was going to go and get a beer and he said hey it's been great talking to you she said nice to me I said where are you going this is the World, <laughs> the Cup, World final. Cup final I said there's a billion people <laughs> watching around the world you're one of 110,000 people in this stadium do you not really and I was kind of joking with him but he says he basically said, "I want to beat the traffic." He said, "No, we got we got to drive back into the city. It's a it's a long drive." But, but look, it's been lovely to see. I you. love Just that. Just wandered out of a World <laughs> Cup final. <laughs> so look, it happens. So if you've had those corporate conversations, uh, do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. John, a couple. You can text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet T S H and J. And Max put it yes. out earlier on. Uh, Steve, so. Bristol City fan. Steve, overheard corporate types and part time fans just shouting, "Go on, Bristol!" <laughs> I mean, oh God, that That's would absolutely. Good, Kill you inside. Yeah. There's another Bristol club. So cringy. Um, Garfield, many years ago, I heard some posh bloke ask if Arsenal keeper Richard Wright was related to Ian Wright. Uh, <laughs> he was also fairly insistent that if you were brought down in the area but not facing the goal, it was an indirect free kick. Um, uh, Ronnie Barber, an excellent broadcaster in his own right, uh, overheard someone just saying, how long is the intermission? Which is nice. <laughs> That's far show country, isn't it? <laughs> John Thompson with his hamper and his Arsenal shirt. And Ben says, uh, um, to the tune of you don't know what you're doing, someone seeing the referee needs glasses. <laughs> Sung in full received pronunciation. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Keep those coming, please. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Uh, just to let you know, uh, five minutes gone, Sparta Rotterdam nil, Utrecht nil at the moment. I'll keep you posted. Maxi's second team, third team. Um, so, um, Mark Bertram, last time we spoke to him, uh, he was the technical director of Bahamas Football. Um, he's gone in a slightly different direction, I think it's fair to say. He's moved from the Bahamas to Waterford. Of course. In the south of Ireland to take the gaffer's uh, job there. Um, the former uh, QPR Millwall midfielder, Canada midfielder, and indeed QPR assistant manager, joins us now. Good afternoon, Birch. Good afternoon, chaps. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. We say you're going to have to get those overcoats out of storage. A couple of brollies. It's going to be going to be a bit different weather-wise for you. You're already there, I, I understand. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, Dave, I'm a quarantine starting, so got another four left after this. I've done some quarantine in my, in my time in the last six months, I know that. <laughs> what, so what, 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 made you choose, what made you move from the Bahamas to Waterford? I mean, in everyone's mind, they just everybody thinks they want to end up in the Bahamas. You know, that's mm. the sort of the ultimate ambition for everybody. What made you, what made yeah. you leave? Uh, probably footballing decisions. As, as a country, beautiful country, paradise, but with the way that the football was run there, it's a, a different, a different, as I said, mindset in professionalism. A few things that promised didn't come to fruition, and uh, this opportunity come about. And I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll jump it a bit closer to home with the family as well. So. Yeah, not too bad. As I said, you, I think you were kind of quarantining with a view of the beach before, so I, I, <laughs> a slightly different view. And what's the view out the the window at the moment, Bert? Can you tell us? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, there's a, I think there's an old castle there. I can see. Oh, good. And, and there, so it's not too bad. It's very green, a lot more green there than in Bahamas. Yes, but. <laughs> but but, boy, it's a summer league, so hopefully the temperature should get up to about 15 degrees. It'd be nice. Yes, it would be. Now, um, it's, you talked a lot about quarantine and everything that was going on in the Bahamas, and you had to go to the States at one point because of an outbreak, so it was pretty fraught over there around the virus. But in Ireland, we know that they lost the games in, in Dublin, sadly, for the Euros. There's still an ongoing issue, and Waterford have been affected more than most. You had to put the kids out in one game, and you've got a game called off this week, haven't you? Yeah, that, that was the last game. So uh, the couple of players went down with positive COVID tests. So uh, over here in Ireland, the agreement is you can't postpone the game. So they had to put the under-19s out. But the under-19s only been back in training a week. So they ended up losing 7-0. So this week, uh, they're back to forfeit the game. So they, they lose it 3-0. So oh, wow. the only way is up for me. That's why I took the job for. I got yeah. the <laughs> well, they are bad. They are. You're bottom of the table, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah, bottom of the table. So, but I've, I've, I've looked at a few games, and a lot of the games have been close, other than uh, the, the most recent games. So, there, there's going to be investment in the team for players as well, which are, which have been promised. Which the window opens July first, so we've got to try and try and organise ourselves and try and get as many points as we can up until then, when we can get some some reinforcements in. When you when you get to a club for the first time, like what's so- you know, what's your sort of list of priorities that you have to do? I, I saw an interview about Brendan Rogers where one of the first things he did was, you know, stage a meeting with the cleaners to tell them to move some boxes. And I was surprised <laughs> that was one of the first things he did. Like, when you get there on day one, what's what's on your blank sheet of paper going, I've got to do this, 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 this and this? Yeah, I've just checked my list. And meeting the cleaners ain't one of them when you're talking to the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not, because I'm in quarantine at the minute, I've sort of locked myself away and just and just analysing the games, the last uh, five, six games, looking at the squad, looking at the opposition we've got coming up. So, luckily for me, I can I can use that time well. But it's just it's talking to the players as a group, trying to get them organised and just put the... I don't like the word philosophy. It's a newfounded word, but just try, try and create... Any coaching philosophy should be win. That's simple as that. Mm-hmm. So, it's trying to create a culture, how we can do that. And just, like not try and reinvent the wheel football simple if you can be well organised if you know your jobs if you can be fit with a bit of team spirit you should win more games than you lose so we're going to have to try and simplify it and as I said try and get as many points as we can from now to the end of the season it's a predominantly Irish squad I see a couple of Scottish players and Welsh players and a lad who was on loan an English lad Jamie Maskell but um, do you know anybody at the club how did how did this sort of opportunity come about and did you know anybody involved with the club already yeah it was, it was knowing the owners so uh speaking to them and just the fantastic training facilities they've got here and and so a lot of championship clubs would be proud of and it, it come about here and look at brian murphy the keeper i had it at qpr i was his reserve team manager he was there with neil walnut and daryl murphy the center forward as well so there's some players that have, have played in england but it is a young squad, and that's what we probably need to look to do in July to bring some experience in there to help these youngsters through through this time and try and get up the league as quickly as possible. Can you give a kind of approximate idea of the of the level? I know you haven't been there long, but from the games you've watched of the League of Ireland, sort of, what, what kind of league would you compare it with over here? Yeah, 
I, I don't like doing that because it, it's so different. You can compare it to like League One or League Two or the Conference. In the, some games there can be at a really high level, and you look at some other games and they're a bit lower. I know people ask me for that when I was in America, and it's it's just different cultures and and, and different leagues. It is hard to say what level it is because there's a bigger gap between the bigger things and. The, the smaller things. Mm. We're still quite early in the season. You're not kind of cut adrift at the bottom, are you? I mean, it's it's no, uh, a couple few no, wins and well, you could be sort of mid-table. Yeah, well, you played each other four times, so they've had one round that's gone round. They've had the ten games, so uh, it's, as you said, it's not. Uh, we're not cut adrift, and hopefully, if we can get some points early doors on the board, and you know, whatever coaching philosophy you got or whatever type of coach you are, you're only as good as getting the points and you can get the belief into the players. So if, if it's starting a new job, if you can get the points as quickly as possible, then it, it breeds that confidence in the players that they can do this. They can yeah. stay up and get up the table. I'm just having a little look mm. at which castle it might be. I, mean, I think it might be the Castle Hotel and Golf think, Course. Do you think it's the Castle Hotel yeah. and Golf I mean, Course? Because uh, Birch would like that particular well, castle. Well, that's the third of... That's the three out of twelve in the on book on 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 reviews. It's in third place in the hotels. Right. Although I've gone to the one star reviews and someone's found ants in the lodge condominium. Well, I think, I think we we should give them the right reply. That was a one off. They dealt with that. I'm sure. I was literally driven from the airport straight into the uh, straight into the apartment. So I don't know where I am. I'm, I've been on Google Maps. It's not really working too well. But it's like an old ruin of a wall oh. with a type of castle. I know I'm not really helping you. Do you know? Do you, do you know if you're in? Do you know if you're in Waterford, Mark? Are you yeah. sure? You sure you're there? He's definitely in Waterford. Definitely, definitely in Waterford. I see that, yeah. and I can see Babylon Kebab opposite. Yeah. So if you Google that, Babylon Kebab. Oh right, okay. I mean, look, the club have announced it. Otherwise, I would have been thinking that this is some. Wind up by ex QPR players <laughs> that then bundled him into a car and just left him somewhere and told him he's got a job. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a prank I would have been proud of. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, like, sounds like one of yours. But uh, just yeah. quick one on QPR before we let you go. I mean, they're doing all right. They've got some good young players. You kind of feel they could build on this year, next year, don't you? Yeah, it's, uh, Coulson with the lungs that they got in. They got uh, Charlie and, and uh, Stephen Johansson in that done really well. So, but it's. It was just a strange season, as you know, Paul. With, with no fans in there, it can be a bit false. So, especially with the young lads and the QPR fans coming back in, it can work either way. I think that's what West Ham's done so well this season. Yeah. Had their fans booing them. So, <laughs> uh, but, but that's the way it works. It's how players react in front of fans. I think we've had the, had the players at QPR that have quite liked not playing in front of fans and they can take a bit of risks and, and people won't get on the back so it will be a, a big season next year because now there's, there's some anticipation from the fans and some hope that we can at least get in the playoffs and sometimes that can be your worst enemy yeah interesting but you wish you well at Warford uh, good luck with the job and we'll we'll have a bit of a progress report in a few weeks look after yourself thanks a lot cheers Paul uh, uh, just, just so you know Birch Bab- Babylon Grill and Kebab Birch um, uh, 4.4 <laughs> tried the whole chicken meal for the first time today. The smell of it in the car on the way home was mouth-watering. Eating it was delicious. Wow. Portion very generous with naan, salad and chips. Feeds a whole family. Very good value. And someone else says, number one in Waterford lamb chops you cannot find anywhere. That's dinner, that's dinner tonight sorted, isn't it? If you fancy a takeout. Matt, you had me at a low. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Matt. Thanks Cheers, very Bert. much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. I just checked out flights from Gatwick to Porto. Mm-hmm. Um and the cheapest way you could probably do it at the moment if you left on Friday at uh, 10 past 2 that cost you just under 300 quid if you came back Sunday uh, sort of mid-afternoon that would cost you 350 so uh, not cheap it's not gone cheap. up quite considerably and apart from you put a bit of luggage on that and various bits and pieces you'll be looking over 700 pounds you can make it more expensive than that there are more expensive flights because there is that KB scramble that we always see and there's even less time to prepare because we've only found out a couple of hours ago that it's definitely going to be Porto. Simon Calder, travel expert, joins us. Good afternoon, Simon. Uh, good afternoon. You're absolutely right about those flight prices. But look, I am watching the flights, the fare, airfares change almost in real time because extra capacity is being put on. For instance, uh, Ryanair have just actually put on a flight uh, from Stansted uh, on uh, the Friday afternoon going out there. That's brought the, flight, the, the fare down to about sort of 200 quid. Um, uh, Chelsea fans have a lot more choice. There's going to be extra flights from, from Luton, from Gatwick, from Stansted 
and from Heathrow on British Airways, although British Airways is um, really premium prices at the moment. Manchester is doing all right because, uh, again, Ryanair putting on extra flights there. EasyJet say they are going to be putting some more on. And I'll tell you what, Michael O'Leary, the boss of Ryanair, is City's biggest fan. So I'm actually pretty sure he's going to make sure there's room for everybody um and uh, i've i've asked the airline if he's going to be there they haven't yet told me but um uh i i'm 90 convinced that he will be but of course the reason it's in portugal and not in istanbul is because portugal is on the green list means no quarantine when you come back istanbul is on the red list which means hotel quarantine absolutely so so is the tactic now you know if you're a fan you want to go do, what's your tactic do you wait because if they put on extra flights and the costs go down or you just have to bite the bullet um, right. Well, yeah, you just have to, you just have to decide what's what's right for you. But I mean, my absolute recommendation is that you wait and see what uh, what you can squeeze out of this in terms of a holiday. Porto is one of Europe's most mm. astonishing cities. It's got everything, a beach. It's got fantastic um, old town. Well, the whole place is kind of all slightly falling over, but there's some fantastic new architecture as well. You've got the the Douro Valley and this amazing gorge kind of almost slicing through the city. On the far side, you've got the, the port houses. Um, and of course, you're only a couple of hours by train from um, Lisbon. And if you want to book something in or out of Faro on the on the Alcatraz, off, you're kind of maybe five hours drive, I guess, from there. Uh, fares much, much lower. But what you mustn't do, everybody, you mustn't book a flight into Spain and then travel on from there because that will tarnish your your um, your green list um, status. You'll be amber and you'll need to quarantine when you come back. And, and one possibility, I, I give this a 50-50 chance, there could even be the first ferry for about 40 years sailing from um, the south coast, either Portsmouth or Plymouth, to Porto in time for the match on that'll the 29th a, of May. What a boozy a affair that would be. A fan's boat would be said <laughs> oh, that bands on there. What a party that would be. That's the way, that is certainly the way to do it. Simon, as always, thank you ever so much. Can uh, I just say, David yes. says, can you tell Simon Calder he's become a lockdown legend with his travel advice? He was in my dream last night advising me oh. about travel. That's the extent you've got to right. since lockdown. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. I was there. <laughs> That's frightened him now. There we are, Simon Calder with all the latest information, travel expert, as always. Um, but uh, as we said, one of our uh, team, one of our top team here on the show and at TalkSport, Kim, is a, a, a time-serving Manchester City fan, a regular. Um, and you, t- Kim, you took a punt last week on it being Porto. It was quite bold, but you did go Istanbul first, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, so we booked tickets to Istanbul, um, which I think we kind of did more in, in expectation, in, in hope than expectation. Yeah. We paid a little bit more so we could get them refunded, but didn't have to in the end anyway, because as soon as they went on the red list, the airline refunded us back. And then I think it was Sunday night, and I, I think Sean Custis came onto Talksport and he said, "Oh, it's looking like it might be in Portugal." So we were just like, we looked on. They were like ninety-five quid return, and we thought, well, we may as well. If we lose out, we lose out. And even or, if it's Lisbon, you can, get, as Simon said, you can get on the road for a couple of hours and get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and my city mates were just saying like, as soon as we're in Portugal, we're in Portugal. However, we have to get there, we'll get. We'll get to the stadium, yeah. whatever happens. So we just thought we may as well book it. And then it came through today and we looked at the same flights we booked and they're like, I think, six times more expensive now. Wow. But to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous of this boozy boat. Yeah. That just sounds <laughs> absolutely, absolutely quality, not. I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to, now you've listened to Simon there, might you extend the trip, go and look at the new architecture in the Douro Valley? What's that? How long are you there for? Yeah, how long so, are you booked for? So <laughs> there's, there's no chance I'm seeing anything <laughs> other than Superbox, first of all. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we booked, so we arrive on Thursday morning and then we leave like quite early on Monday morning. So we're there oh, for that's four nice. nights. Oh, it's a lovely, it is a it, lovely it's city. It's one of my favourite cities anyway, so I'm unbelievably happy. I don't yeah. think I'll get a ticket. If anyone's listening now who might be able to get me a ticket. Is that an abuse of your position like, here? Look, I don't care. It's the only reason I've come on air. If anyone can get me a ticket, please just contact TalkSport. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, most people travelling there, I wonder how many people do what you've done, just go there and just for the crack, and just to be there in the city when the final's happening to have a part which you can do now in Portugal, which I'm, is great. Yeah. I'm kind of assuming if 6,000 fans each are going, I would say probably eight to 10,000 fans will go in the hope of either getting a towel or watching it in the city, I would, I would imagine. So I think the atmosphere there will be amazing anyway. Yeah. Weather's supposed to be nice. 
And the, like you said, you have City, City on one side of the river and yeah. and uh, and Chelsea on the other side of the river. Who gets the port? Who gets the old porthouses side? The gaffer's just one, did he? Yeah, he's shaking those his days head. off, haven't you? If you book those, he hasn't booked those. Da- Look, he's giving you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is this this is news. This is news to the gaffer who's, who's booking all these slots for Kim. So anyway, I, I, we might have to leave you to incur his wrath. He can't possibly expect me to come in here when <laughs> it's our first Champions he's, League ever. He's a, he's a bitter gooner. He'll make <laughs> he'll make you work. He'll make you work because he's not there. <laughs> There's no chance I'm on that flight. Well, brilliant. Well done, Kim. It was a worth a punt, wasn't it? Wasn't I wonder how many more people did that yeah. at that same time. So once again, it's like you changing the, the you know the nature of golf events as they happen. Nobody gets told where any of these tournaments are held now. That's you just right. have to guess a city when you win the semi-final, <laughs> and then they tell you later. That's it. It's, it's the like future a of sport. Lottery. Well, have a good time. We hope you get a ticket. Enjoy Thank it. you very much. See you, Kim. Thanks very much. It's and uh, good luck finding another job as well. Yeah, after yeah that. that's right. It's been lovely working with yeah, you. You've been look quite good at it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, we got a couple of texts and tweets in uh, off the back of talking to Simon Calder about uh, going to Porto mm. and uh, asking about COVID tests, which we should have asked Simon. Um, but he's, uh, we texted him and he said this, fans will need to factor in the, not necessarily outbound, okay, for your COVID test. Fans will need to factor in the cost of testing. It is not yet clear what requirements Portugal will impose on fans. The UK's rules for returning from green list countries are clear. A test before departing from Porto and a pre-booked PCR test to be taken within two days of arrival, likely to total around 100 quid. So make sure you factor that in uh, if you decide to go. Yes. So it's pr- kind of plainish sailing, but there's ob- obviously some hoops to jump through, but people who are going yeah, and presuming nothing won't mind. Presuming nothing changes, of course. It is uh, still yeah. Sparta, Rotterdam, Rotterdam nil, Utrecht nil. I know people are very excited. got a tweet from Doncaster Bucks Supporters Branch. We follow FC Utrecht. There's a group called British Utrecht. Ooh. We travel from Doncaster every year and catch a game in the Bunnick side, which perhaps is where Utrecht yeah. play. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan, but I've not got all the... <laughs> you only uh, got the shirt on yeah. Tuesday. You've well, had to do, your, do a lot of catching up. And it says, one place available for 2022, if you're interested. And then he says, he's written the, the letter U six times, which I guess is U, 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 Utrecht. Is yeah, my, that's, is the, what that's I presume. the he's got Oh, you know it already. But I'd, I'd, imagine, I'd imagine it's just, uh, it's, yeah. So it's, there we are. I yeah, that's the song know. they sing. What a burgeoning uh, support fandom this is yeah. happening. Um, you've been telling us tales of uh, corporate football and, and conversations and things that have gone on around the world of uh, corporate football um, and indeed other sports as well. Um, you should, I mean, I'll let you, you read me the opening <laughs> sentence of one that's gone, well, I'll leave that to you, Max. Here we go, okay. Go on, give it, it's a corker. Here we go. It? In the early 2000s, we had a corporate day out at Spurs versus Chelsea in the Pat Jennings suite. I knew it was going to be a tough day when my boss tried to order a bottle of wine off Martin Chivers. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. That's a very good start. I mean, I've not read the rest of it. If it lives up to that, well, it's I a think corker. that's the peak. But it's, it's yes. still good. I was surprised my boss came out to actually watch the game. After 20 minutes, Hasselbank scored. My boss went up like a firecracker, celebrating like mad. Not that he's a football fan, but he'd won 50 quid on first goal scorer. Proved to be a poor decision on his part, as the stewards had to usher us inside for our own protection. <laughs> we also had to remain behind 45 minutes after the game, as a few very enthusiastic Spurs fans wanted to introduce themselves to us never again. That is the trouble. We're going to games with people that, uh, yeah. Ordering a bottle of wine off mine, Chivers. That's brilliant, isn't <laughs> He's it? He's a nice man, Chiv, and he used to own a pub. So there you so go. So there's a pretty good chance if you if you told him what you... He'd probably say something like, would you want something fruity? <laughs> Just uh, I, I can recommend it. We've got a very nice... I mean, Martin would have known. What did he do? Go up to Cliff Jones saying, I'm so, I think this is corked, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Could you kind of get another bottle, please? They're not wait staff. They're legends, mate. What's wrong with you? Um, Aaron in Brighton says, My auntie lives in America, came to the UK as part of a business trip. She's a bit of a high roller at American Express. She was interested in watching Brighton play at the new uh, stadium, the Amex, so we got her tickets to attend. Score finished 3-2. However, when anybody asked her that day what the score was, she said, oh, well, it was 3-0 to Brighton and 2-0 to the other team. Uh, so there nice we are. way to watch football, isn't it? Everyone yeah. gets to win, don't That's they? True. True, that is good. Uh, this is from Tom, who says, uh, uh, to people who didn't really understand going to football, a family I can only assume won tickets. Once I unro- unrolled a picnic blanket and started to get out their bags on the concourse at Leicester, <laughs> stewards quick t- to notice they weren't regular and packed them away quick. 
quickly. Like the idea of getting there, just outside the ground, rolling out a picnic blanket. Uh, with an eye on the birthday spread, Mossy, the Leeds fan, uh, in light of some of the things that have been said about team selections and, um, you know, the, the right things to do when you're putting teams out, the birthday spread by... Um, if, if Max Rushton plays the birthday spread by just going one either side of Paul's guesses, should we be looking at sanctions for ungentlemanly conduct? <laughs> How dare you? Should we? I mean, you can only do that, obviously, on the ones where I go first, but let's be honest, in your victory last week, some would call it tactical, some would call it cynical, but I'm there no, was a lot of that going I'm, on I'm last week. I'm playing no part of these mind games. No, I'm just saying, there was a lot of that going oh, on I last see. week. Oh, I see. It already starts. And it sounds like you're slightly nervous no, about no, this no. ball. As I said, well, we were saying earlier on, it's 16-2, the actual score. Very Which point will I start line. to worry? What do you reckon? Do you think? Now? You thought 9, 16-9. Well, if I win 4 or 5 on the spin, yeah. then you know, that could be it. You could capitulate. Okay. It could be like Leeds in the early 2000s. I <laughs> couldn't be. Yeah. You've well, overspent, we'll you overspent early. <laughs> didn't That's you? right. Bought the Goldfisher Company car. <laughs> uh, so, yes, um, keep those coming. Uh, life at the corporate sporting trough. Uh, maybe you were there, not at all interested in a big event. For example, Andy and Rygate says, I've been to one professional tennis match in my life. It just happened to be the 2013 Wimbledon final when Andy Murray won for the first <sighs> yes. time. I mean, it's a complete day of history he was at, and he probably didn't care that much. Ted's the same. My wife was secretary to the boss of the accountants for the All England Tennis Club. We went to the men's semi-finals at Wimbledon in the 70s. Borg versus Gerolitis, McEnroe versus Connors. I don't like tennis. Yeah. There are people who would kill for those tickets. Exactly. And you, sometimes you do feel a bit, when you get a bit of the old, a bit of the corporate, you know, in the boxes or whatever, or you get, you feel a bit guilty, don't you? I mean, after about, that goes off after about the fourth bottle of wine, but you do feel a bit guilty at the time that uh, you could be, you're taking up someone else's space. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been to a couple of Champions League finals like that and have, felt guilty and have made a made a decision to go if I'm working on it fine if I'm yeah. writing a piece for it then fine but otherwise you know yeah. I'm not an Atletico Madrid fan if it, no. even if I well, give I mean, my I, ticket I, up you play the birthday spread with that level of cynicism so I'm surprised actually <laughs> that you don't really look out for them can't Sorry. believe Hawksby started the mind games for the birthday right. spread of this early Max has him rattled says Mart Jonathan 2.13pm <laughs> he's trying to get in your head <laughs> no look all I'm saying is that game is was what it was last week because oh, it was one what of us, it was. Is no, that one simple? of us, one of us <laughs> went Butch and Sundas. One, one of us went uh, gung ho. One of us actually went for a oh, big, it's a, it's a, a results, big, it's a results game. Uh, and you know, one of us got outside our comfort zone and and you know made it entertaining because ultimately it's entertainment, isn't it? It's not oh, really. That's what the fans want, is it? It's entertainment. <laughs> That's that's what we all come here for. Every disgrace. Thursday at three. So as I said last week, everyone presumed you were the nice one and right. Andy was the nasty one, I'm, but it's I'm, not true. I'm just I'm 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 stating facts. <laughs> okay, that's I really, all I'm doing. It's a fact. You've gone Rafa Benitez <laughs> now. Wow. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Well, uh, we've spoken to our next guest uh, a few times uh, during lockdown, but he can now contemplate performing live. Mm which is uh, a joy, I'm sure. is a comedian, impressionist, uh, podcaster. We'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, Matt Ford and Forest fan, of course. Hi, Matt. Hello, mate. We'll come on to that in a minute. Makes me sound like I'm in trouble. No, that's no, okay. So first, first of all, we've got some, <laughs> some real issues with you. But yeah. Your current work, Matt. And this is, so this is from the 24th of May um, in London's busy West End, the political party specials in, in front of a, an, an audience, I take it. Yes, a socially distanced audience at, uh, as you say, in London's glamorous, glittering West End. Two mm. nights at the Garrick and a night at the Vaudeville with um, a, a heavyweight headline uh, lineup of uh, politicians. Yeah. So uh, tell us who, who you're going to be chatting to and what the sort of format is. So on Monday, the 24th of May, I mean, the way I've booked these makes it look like I'm, I'm some sort of political genius who knew what was going to happen in the last week or so. <laughs> I've got Saida Varsi and the former MP for Hartlepool, Peter Mandelson, wow. on Monday, the 24th. I'll interview them each um, in a separate half. The following night, on the 25th of May, I've got Andrea Ledsom and Keir Starmer. Wow, OK. Um, that one has already sold out. And on the 2nd of June, I've got Jess Phillips and Esther McVeigh. So... You know, Labour Tory balancers on on three nights and six just fantastic big guests who I can't wait to interview. Do you have to like get a Lib Dem every sort of fifteenth show just to sort of even, you know keep it keep it proportionate? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in all parties really, um, and sometimes, I mean, when you're putting on a show in the West End, obviously you just want. You want to put on the best possible night that you can. And at the moment, there aren't that many Lib Dems around. Yeah, yeah. Um, there may be more in the future, but who knows? Um, but the way that politics has gone, obviously, is, is the return of two-party politics. So um, just more options, way more options on the Labour and Conservative benches. I imagine you'll have a few uh, political uh, journos in the audience, won't you? Because I imagine this this will be quite quotable, some of the stuff that they'll be coming out with with, the, with this lineup. I'd have thought so. I mean, I, I interview them in a different way to, to your standard political interview, really. And it's a place that politicians know they can be a bit more informal and a bit more themselves. And as a result, you get different answers. It's mm. not the same as going on the Today programme. It's uh, it's more informal. Um, people let their hair down a little bit more. And, uh, you know, people people give me great answers. I'm very lucky. One, one of the difficult, th- you know, one of the reasons I, what I find, so, you know, and I think a lot of people find interviews with politicians difficult is because, they're not just answering for the show they happen to be on, right? They've got a million different audiences. That quote will be picked up and taken elsewhere, which is sort of why I feel they can never really answer the question. So, you know, you ask somebody from Labour if they like Keir Starmer, they would have voted for him to be leader before or whatever, and and then they can't tell you exactly what they want. And I find that frustrating. So do they actually give you answers there? Because they've got to be on their guard the whole time. Yeah, it's not always about them giving... um different answers to the same question it's that we can talk about different things there so it's it's more of a it's a kind of safe space to tell um you know perhaps a bawdier story or uh, a more risque anecdote or or or, you know open up about something uh where you you don't get to do that on the today program and obviously speaking slightly in defense of politicians if party discipline breaks down completely then you've got no hope of winning elections so mm. of course they have to be guarded sometimes and it is very frustrating as a listener or a viewer when that happens um but then equally it's incumbent on the interviewer to to word the question or choose a question to which perhaps you're going to get a better answer yeah. 
Who knows? They may come off the stage and the, the old special advisor saying, "That be that, be yeah. that all the time." <laughs> exactly. And then you, we might start winning a bit more. Um, uh, so your podcast, I mentioned British Scandal. I was listening to the first one the other day, uh, Matt, enjoying it. Um, you and Alice Levine, isn't it? And uh, a serious subject, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and every um, series will make. It's very serious. So the first one is about the poisoning of Alexander Litvinenko. And if you haven't heard British Scandal yet, it's not like any other project I've been involved in. So Alice Levine and I host it. And it's produced in a way that is it's basically the kind of Hollywood version of podcasts. You know, it has this epic soundtrack. And it's deeply immersive. So it's a new way to tell stories, really, without sounding like a company man. <laughs> I find myself listening back to it going, oh, my God. You know, it really transports you into a different world. But a lot of the stories we cover are have real tragedy at the heart of it. And people remember Alexander Litvinenko and the way he was poisoned mm. and murdered mm. uh, by Putin and his, you know, these goons that he sends over to, to carry out the job. And, uh, you know, elements of it are really shocking. There are elements of it that are farcical, um, that are ludicrous, that I think people either didn't pick up on at the time or would have forgotten. And, uh, you know, we, we tell those bits as well. Yeah. Uh, we should do it in football, shouldn't Absolutely, we? Absolutely, really? yeah. Um, <laughs> and Forrest, um, what did you make of it? 17th in the end. You didn't flirt with relegation quite to the extent that Derby County did. But um, <laughs> what did you make of the job that Chris did and where you're at? Well, I think he did. He, he, his primary objective was to keep us in the league. Mm. And he did that. Um, obviously, next season, we don't want to stay in the league. We, we want to get promoted. And uh, I, I just think it was such an odd season for Forest fans because, obviously, the season before, we miss out on the playoffs in the last five minutes. This kind of freak mathematical um, thing happens. And then you start the season so badly. So we basically, it was like starting with a points deduction. It just wrote off any hope of even pushing for the playoffs. It became a survival exercise and you only need to look at the results. He kind of achieved that almost immediately. He made us very hard to beat. We started winning games and given the situation we were in, which was tragic given the progress that had been made up until that point, mm. um, he satisfied that. So, you know, the bloke knows what he's doing. He, he's yeah. got teams promoted from the championship before and I just really hope it's been 22 years now. Wow. I feel like every time I come on the show, it's an extra yeah. year. Yeah. I was thinking that, Matt, what? that it, it must be really strange for someone who grew up, you know, Nottingham Forest, for someone you're with similar ages, you know, Nottingham Forest are a, are a first yeah. division, a Premier League side. And yeah. I do, do you, have you come to terms with them not being now? You know, in your mind, are they still a, first, a you know a Premier League team? You know what? Well, kind of, yes, because that was my formative experience. I remember Brian Clough managing us and Stuart Pearce being the captain yeah. and Roy Keane and Collymore, you know, stars and being really good and playing great football. I was spoiled as a child seeing the standard of football that we played. So obviously from that, the whole thing kind of got shattered. I mean, when we, when we got relegated to League One, then I had three years down there. Wow. That was the point at which really it really bit and you thought, oh God, you know, as long as we were in the championship or the first division, whatever, you know, whatever companies decide it's going to be cold from one year to the next, the second tier, mm. there was always that lingering hope. You think, well, this season, this season, this season. Once you're in League One, you know then you're at least two seasons away. That's yes. so interesting. I and blanked from my mind that Forrest were ever in League One. That that, that part of history has just disappeared I mean, for me. Oh, just before we let you go... <laughs> <laughs> The it, it it looks as if Donald Trump is still in the box seat to to come again in twenty twenty four. So um, and you, you you dust him off again. You, you're kind of secretly hoping he does, <laughs> or for your sanity, you'd rather he doesn't. <laughs> I, well, for my sanity, I'd rather he didn't. But I, I sort of worry that I'm going to end up like one of those Elvis impersonators, that I'm going to end up at a, a Trump convention in a jumpsuit in Vegas in 30 years' time. Going, yeah. I used to do him on Spin Image. You know, going, it's very beautiful. It's great to be here. Just kind of <laughs> stuck and kind of lumbered with it. The so idea of an Elvis-Trump <laughs> hybrid convention. <laughs> with so many Trumps. Where you get early Trump. Yeah. You know, when he was... Yeah. Where he, that's right, when he was married to Ivana and that sort of era, Trump, doing the early stuff. <laughs> doing the Rumbelow's Cup. The Sun oh, Sessions. Yeah. yeah, that one. And then the later like years Elvis. where you do the trilogy. <laughs> that's it. Well, yeah. like Elvis, he went through a cheeseburger phase. He so did. There are, kind of, there are parallels there. Yeah, good stuff. Well, cheers, Matt. Good cheers, luck. Matt. Good luck with the, uh, the live gigs. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you.
do. You can catch match. Uh, you can catch Matt Ford, uh, West End political party specials, and he's a good company man. If you are a fan of uh, hard hitting political interviews and political discussion, then look no further than our sister stations, Times Radio and Talk Radio, for many a political interview. See, I am I, really I, well done, oh, Paul. See, You're I'm a politician, like, yeah, aren't you? I am. You're the ultimate I, politician. <laughs> That's why you've been That's here it. so long, isn't it? There we are. You never lose it. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Here we go then, that point of the show, every Thursday at 3.30, the home of the birthday spread. It's a pretty straightforward game. Andy Jacobs joins us and he'll be giving us 10 gilt edge gags uh, of people's birthday it was this week. Not just today, don't have a game because it's not their birthday day. It's this week, give them bit of a chance to come up with the material so um the job of max and i is to try and guess how old these people are and there will be a margin of error in our guesses that builds and the one with the shortest margin of error at the end of 10 birthdays is the winner we have an official scorer in uh, jeff peters i think joins us now from his east midlands nerve center good afternoon jeff Oh, oh, hang on, hang on, wrong one. Yeah, I'm pressed the wrong one there. Oh, here yeah, we are, sorry, right. there you go. Yeah, we're back in the room. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, we're it's back not in the room. Mathematically certain, but I, I think you're more or less there, Jeff. Yeah, I think we'll really get that, that phone, Jeff, to be honest. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. so. Well, I've got my lateral flow test later ahead of uh, going to Wembley on Saturday, oh, so right. I'm praying oh, really? that that's going to be. Girl, the... lateral flow. <laughs> Cheers, yes. indeed. 16 yeah. 2 is how it stands on the scores, uh, with Paul just with his nose slightly in front. Ian says, I've pulled my truck into a services for the birthday spread. It may not be safe to operate heavy machinery with the tension. And excitement, very wise, Ian. Yes. So, I, do I, I go first this week, then? Say hello to Andy. Oh, sorry, like Andy. It. I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah, hello, Andy. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> I've got to keep just, quite just key. email you the gag so we get somebody else to do it. <laughs> quite a key <laughs> part of all of this. <laughs> hello, Andy. He nice. Gonna, to... He was going to speak in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, true. Um, oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm, no, I'm, I just got my game face on because I've suddenly realised because I lost last week, I'll yes. go first. Why not? Is that right, Jeff? That is right. Yeah, challenger goes first. Yeah, challenger goes first. Okay, so. Uh, are you pleased with the gags this week, Andy? Or, or no, not really. Oh, okay. Very kind of you. To say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote about sixteen. I picked the best ten, which you can imagine the other six weren't that good. Yeah, but well, there we, we should go. have that kind of it's overspill. We should have the overspill oh, gags I love the overspill, and yeah. do that on a separate podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, is Pele with us? I believe he is, isn't he? Oh, hello. Before we get underway, Bob and Arbroath has been in touch. Let me run this uh, past you, and indeed the uh, Talk Sport listeners. Bob, he says, uh, I love the birthday spread. The only way it could be improved, in my humble opinion, is for you and Max to write down your guesses at the same time, then take turns to reveal your no, answers. No, I uh, disagree. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny you should say it, because uh, Bob goes on. That way it stops Max's S-housery, as you call it, <laughs> yeah. and prevents... S-housery, the se- I'm 16-2 down. <laughs> prevents Bob, the s- Bob's a stickler for the rules, we yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> and prevents the second player not mentioning any names, just going one year out from the first player's Bob guess. Bob out, that's this what I say. This system would also build great suspense on birthdays 9 and 10, when Andy well, says, for example, Marilyn Horn, opera singer. <laughs> it could be... 30 or it could be 80 it's not her birthday this we haven't done Marilyn Horn have you <laughs> we haven't so what do we what do we think generally of the right down the bird Max has given it a big thumbs down but uh, you can't change the rules well it's a bit late to change exactly. it you can't change I suppose it is maybe I, we just I, do it we'll, we'll yeah. play the Bob Next and Arbroath system one one week like a testimony like the charity like the community shield we do it one week I think week. these things have to go through the birthday spread whatsapp group where <laughs> we'll, we, get, we get a nice yeah. calm reaction to, to yeah, possible I think, changes I think, so I think that's true if only there was somebody who could arbitrate on this <laughs> That's a good point. Anyway, so let's play. Bob's let's deliberately p- trying to ruin the rules like Kalina. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of the way then. To first birthday. Oh, yes, it's a very happy birthday to the <laughs> singer. That's why we're all here, surely. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Andy. We'll yeah, see you no tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm still getting over last night. It was such a disaster. Yeah. But anyway, that's another matter. It's a very happy birthday to the singer and songwriter, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. And uh, I knew him way before he was famous. Mm. He used to be a caretaker at our local football club. Uh, Bill, as we called him, was so proud of his dressing rooms, he never wanted us to use them. Don't go changing, he said. Yeah, <laughs> very good. What's Billy Joel? He's got to be getting on, hasn't he? 74, I'm going to go with. <sighs> that's what I had. Oh, you wrote that um, down, did you? I will go. Uh, if only there was a system where you could lift that <laughs> and show it to me. Damn, I love the Bob in our broth system. <laughs> yeah. uh, too late now. Go on, go with? 75. <laughs> 
Bob, you've been proved <laughs> absolutely right. What is he? Absolutely right. He's 72. Oh, OK. okay. So, so what's the scores? Max went the wrong way there. So it's oh, Paul dear. 2, Max 3. 3-2, three, OK, right. OK, very happy birthday tennis player and Wimbledon singles champion, 1966, Manuel Santana. Blimey. And uh, yeah, at one time, actually, he had a lot of trouble with his on-court temperament. He was worse than McEnroe. Luckily, I was on hand with some sound sporting advice. Santana, you've got to change your evil ways, baby. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> so what were his years, Andy? 66, he won it. 66, mm. he won Wimbledon, mm -hmm. yeah. OK. Uh, OK, well, he's got to be getting on a bit. 84. Yeah, he's got to be something like that, hasn't he? Um, 86. 83. Oh, okay. Max see. edges into the lead. 4-5. Four, 4-5. Five. Four, five. Okay. okay, birthday number three is Anita Dobson. And for once, it's not a pun, but a crossword clue. Five and six. No one else can but Brian May. Well, that's clever. That is clever. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. good. <laughs> you worked it out? Is it a joke or is it a clue? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I think well, I, Anita I, Dobson is obviously the answer. Yeah, what's her birthday? I, I think oh, when's I, her birthday? I think Anita I know, Dobson. I think I know who it's, that is. Yeah, so my go first. Uh, Anita She's married Dobson. to Brian May. No, Brian. Brian. I, didn't I, didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, 60... 60... Are you, are you all right? You okay? You stopped. 60, <laughs> clickety click 66, Andy. Uh, okay, I was reckon 64. 72. Oh, she's oh. wearing well. Paul retakes the lead, 11-12. 11-12. What is this? This is a ding-dong do, isn't it? Yeah. It is. A happy birthday to the soprano, Dame Felicity Lott. And uh, she was driving around Hove, actually, when she had a minor accident outside the house of Sussex cricketer Phil Salt. Uh, she collided with one of the large columns in Phil's gate. You could say Lot turned into a pillar of salt. Thank you. Beautiful, look at that. <laughs> right, this one a, for the right here's, reverend here's, Richard Coles, if you're listening. A, a bit of a problem, unless you know Felic Felicity Lot. Do you know, Auntie Felicity. Do you know Felicity? <laughs> <laughs> it started, hasn't it? It started. My family she's a part of the, she's part of the Eldridges, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she is. <laughs> She feeds into David Beckham and Len Goodman. <laughs> Soprano, Felicity Lott. I've got to remember, if I, I haven't heard of I don't of them, know she is, mate. They might like be the old. Out. They can't be older. Yeah. Okay, I'll go 69. Okay, I haven't heard of her. Um, I'd just be guessing I'll be something quite similar. 75. Ooh, 74. Oh, well done, Paul. Okay, well I done. didn't know she was. So what's that down to the scores, okay. Jeff? Uh, Max is five out, so he moves on to 17. Mm. Paul is one out, he's on 12. There's five between you. Very little in it. I'm first this time. Andy, what's it? next? Number five. Okay, it's a very happy birthday to uh, the Commissioner for Appointments. I've never heard of that. Baroness Rennie Fritchie. Baroness Rennie Fritchie. <laughs> and uh, we always used to have a daily greetings ritual. We'd say, morning, Fritchie, and she'd say, morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst yeah. things I have ever seen. Here we are. <laughs> That's uh, quick work by Jeff. That's very quick work, given how late he <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sent me all the birthdays. I only sent him the birthdays at 3.28. <laughs> yeah. You're a bad man, Andy. So, I know. Um, what's her first name? Not Lionel. What was her first name? <laughs> Rennie. Rennie. Okay. Uh, Rennie Fritchie. Rennie Fritchie. Um, 66. I'm going to go 66 again on this one. Uh, what do you think? 72. 79. Oh, that's made it interesting. So we, we are at the f uh, halfway point. Yes. And now Max is back in the lead. Wow. It's end to end this by 1.25 oh, 24. 20, what a game. Whoa, what a ding dong battle this is. Yeah, Tremendous stuff. Uh, very happy birthday. He's often appeared in the birthday spread. It's the uh, chairman of Financial Reporting Council 2014 to 19, Sir Wynne Bischoff. <laughs> So win Bischoff. And uh, we were having a heated debate about who was the most successful at their sport, Ian Bishop the footballer or Ian Bishop the cricketer. We just couldn't agree. It was a no-win Bischoff. <laughs> well, I'm with you on that one, yes. Now, you're saying, you're saying that Sir Win Bischoff has been on the birthday spread many times before, which, I mean, that, well, I mean that's not bringing it into disrepute. I don't know what is. No, well, well, I, I, well, I, I, to I be fair, we haven't done it for about 20 years. You don't remember? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, well, I... Um, uh, OK. And what was he again? What did he do? He was the chairman of Financial Reporting Council, 2014 to 19. Mm, right, OK. 14 to 19. So he was still in active service in that time. So, you know, he can't have been 100. Yeah. So I think he is 76. That's not a bad guess. Uh, 75. 
Oh, he's 80. Ooh. Oh, this is so close. Wow. <laughs> so uh, Paul drops a further point back. It's 30 to Paul, 28 to Max after six. <sighs> 30 for me, 28 for Max. OK, right. It's me next. OK. Very happy birthday to the High Court judge, the presiding judge for the Southeastern Circuit, Dame Philippa Whipple. Dame <laughs> Philippa Whipple, known in the Southeastern Circuit dressing rooms as Wasboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, <laughs> um, wow. That's a toughie, isn't it? It's a tough circuit to work on. It is. South-east. I'm going to go 70. Do you see, she's still doing that. That's not. She didn't, you didn't give us any years of service there. No, any, no, she, she could. No, she I can't was. say any more. Dame Philippa Whipple is 67. <sighs> 55. Oh, it could be crucial. Wow. Max opening up a gap here. Five points with three to go. So what are the scores, cool. Jeff? 45-40. Uh, 45-40, right. OK. Right. OK, uh, it's a happy birthday to the novelist uh, Thomas Pynchon. Thomas yeah. Pynchon. And uh, A.B. de Villiers invested heavily in his work before Thomas was famous. He said to me, that's my Pynchon. <laughs> <That's> beautiful. <laughs> oh dear, Thomas yeah. Pynchon. Okay, Pynchon. Thomas Pynchon, novelist. You read any of his stuff, Paul? Uh, I'm, I'm aware of his work, but I've got. I'm, I'll be brutally honest. I, I, I don't feel confident in knowing his age. You are aware of his work. Uh, well, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of his. Oh, that seems like you've heard of him, haven't you, Thomas Pynchon? I don't know if you no. have heard of no, Thomas I have heard, Pynchon. No, I've heard of him. Uh, have you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people. I don't know if they are. If he walked in now, I wouldn't say, oh, it's Tommy Pynchon. 55. <laughs> okay. Um, that's not. I think he could be a bit older, and I could do a claw in this back. 65. He's 84. Oh, Tommy Pynchon. Oh, oh, Somebody would have to help him in, possibly. <sighs> so, what's that done to the scores? Oh. I'm going to work this out. Okay, so it's Paul 64, Max 69. So Paul leads by five, two to go. Okay, here we go. This might go first. Okay, I'm going with Baroness Rosie Boycott, uh, founder of Spare Rib and editor of The Independent in 1998. Baroness Rosie Boycott. When I worked for The Independent, you'd have to wait outside her office, not knowing if you were going to be fired or not. It was known as Boycott's (laughs) Corridor of Uncertainty. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, Rosie Boycott. 69. 75. She's 70. Should have just gone one, really. I've met met Rosie Boycott when I worked in (laughs) magazines. I haven't met Rosie Boycott and I never want to meet Rosie Boycott. Did she hit hit you with a stick of rhubarb? (laughs) (laughs) She she said, get out now. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Paul extends his lead here. Paul was one out, Max was five out. Paul on to 65, Max on to 74. There is nine in it and we are at the final final one. And Tony Jones, the top commentator, it was a Big fan of the birthday spread. He just messaged to say the tension is palpable. It is. I, even I, even I'm feeling a bit. I can't tense. believe you've met yes, one of the ten. This well, is I a just, tricky. It was one. a long time ago, and I, she, she. I mean, you look. She looked good for her age. Okay. And she'd obviously wore well. <laughs> did, you, yes. did you ask for her birth certificate at the time? <laughs> okay. Funny enough, I did. Just, okay. just, yeah. just in case. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past you. I think I said to what you. You probably. I said you've probably got about ten years on me, haven't you, Rose? Something like that. I think I asked, and then I. I wrote it down in a small I book you did. on the off chance. Yeah. I'll be on national a, radio <laughs> 28 years later. Why you're such a great player. Yeah. No, not to mention going to a birthday party last year. Yeah, of course. Far yeah. from that. Yeah. Okay, this one. Oh, this is a tricky one to end with. It could yeah. be anything. Let's be honest. Wow. It's the painter Frank Stella. Frank Stella. Wow, Frank Stella. And uh, he saved my life once when he donated blood to me. I felt a lot better after a pint of Stella. Yeah. Now, I don't know Frank. I, Do you know Frank Stella? Oh, I've got, I've got one Frank of his pieces Stella. at home. He's got a little <laughs> smile on his face. He feels very oh, no. confident in Frank Stella. <laughs> 84. I'm going for it. I'm going glory. 84. There's not much in it, Max. You could do this. So I'm nine behind. Yeah. So do I need to guess nine or ten? I think this math's right. I don't want to draw a ten. You said what? 84 I've gone with. 74. 
What a brilliant guest by Paul Hawksby. He's 85. Oh, oh, you can't teach that. You can't teach it. I've mocked the moose for applauding radio, and I'm applauding the radio right now. Yeah. Excellent work. Final, <laughs> final scores. Final scores. Uh, Paul one out, Max 11 out on that. So Paul uh, finishes on 66, Max yeah. on 85. 17-2 is the new lead yeah, for... But it was closer that than was that, was a wasn't great it? Contest. it was a, I thought that was one of the best, actually. I really got drawn... I'm quite tired myself now. I'm not normally, but I'm quite drained. Thomas Pynchon seemed to uh, to move the goalpost a little bit with. I mean, he's a terrible. And how he ever got published? <laughs> well, there we are. It goes, moves. Can on I just to say 17? to Jeff, I'll see you Saturday, Jeff. We'll have a drink together after the match. Yeah. We won't. <laughs> I, I mean, if Chelsea lose, I look, I look, I look forward to that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was the afternoon show. What a tremendous spread, Max. The streak ends. How are you feeling about? It? I mean, you don't seem as disappointed. No, I feel today like because I just feel like you couldn't really have good, done much more. I think it was you? a really good game. Yeah, it was it, one of those it, games it, that could have gone either way, end to end. It ebbed and flowed. I think. It did you know? I think you can't beat yourself up. After I think a the game birthday like spread was the winner. It yeah, was. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't. There wasn't a moment. It's a great where advert. It was, for yeah, the it really spread. was a great advert for the, the greatest spread in the world. It certainly is. Mm. Well, there we are. Um, Andy's with me. Sponsored by some sort of spread, shouldn't we? Would be good. Well, like Flora. Yeah, Flora. Yeah, we'll put that to our salespeople. Your uh, back on Saturday. Yes, correct. With uh, Charlie, with Charlie yeah. and Sunday with Barry. Yes. Marvellous. I'm here with Andy tomorrow. If you can listen, that would be great. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.